Welcome to Applied Dungeoneering, the most productive D&D 5e actual play podcast out there on the free market right now. I'm Josh, the Dungeon Master, and I'm joined, as always, by my friends and co-hosts. We have Daniel here, but now that I think about it, we would get a lot more done if he didn't derail us so much, so I'm thinking of letting him go. You know, that's an interesting thought, Josh. You know, speaking of interesting thoughts, I was actually thinking about railroads the other day. Like, you ever thought about how long the longest railroad is? And, like, how how do they even count, like, what is a consecutive railroad? Like, if there's an intersecting point, like, how does that work? Does that form a new railroad? The only railroad I'm thinking about is the one that I should be doing more. That sounded really weird. I meant Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you do that rail. <laughs> Slide that <laughs> rail, Josh. <laughs> so moving on from that, please, let's distance ourselves from that. Janelle's here, too. And I think we can keep her on because who else is going to keep us on track by yelling at us for saying things that need to be cut from the episode? It is my talent, I will say. Making sure that you guys don't get us, like, banned or something. I feel attacked for some reason. I don't know what you're talking about. I'm not calling out anyone, Nate. Yeah, it's, that, it's not that Nate's quiet. It's just Janelle cuts out everything he says every episode. <laughs> That's why you never hear him. You know, Aww. there are just some things the world doesn't need to know, and that just happens to be most of the things that come out of Nate's mouth. So here we are. <laughs> it's so mean. I'm not gonna say it. <laughs> well, that's all in good fun. But Nate is here, and guess what? I was joking about us cutting out everything he says, because guess what? He's pretty efficient at what he does, including talking. So I think we need more people like him. I was born with something very rare called foresight. I know. Praise me more. I, I know. I had mine cut off. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those things that I'm going to have to step in and be like, guys, come on now. <laughs> it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Oh, I just got it. Oh, jeez. <laughs> wow, AJ. I was like, foresight. I don't... I know he likes being a mage or something. What? Oh, oh, no. Wow, AJ. Way to cut the head off of the joke. Uh... Oh, that was bad. That Actually, I, I am going to take this moment to derail the intro to share this story with the audience about Oh, it. no. Oh, it's, just a, it's just a quick story where I threw a surprise birthday party for my college freshman roommate and god bless him we only had penis shaped birthday cake pans and after they were made and they were frosted we presented him with the cake during the surprise party and and you know what he says he goes why'd you give me a bicycle seat (laughs) (laughs) Bless his heart. Bless his heart. (laughs) All right, we're going to need to cut that. (laughs) Well, thank you for derailing us, Daniel. Well, you know, I know what I'm good at. No, you should be more like Joel. Joel's right here. And you know what? Joel only speaks when he has to, so he can save his energy to be productive later. Nothing more, nothing less. Be more like Joel. It's always later. There's always going to be something later. That's why I do nothing. That's that's what that's what we're telling ourselves now. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's exactly why nobody argue with me. <laughs> I don't plan on it. Oh, good. Joel one v one me. I can't. That would take too much work. To move past that, to let Joel conserve his energy. Yeah. We have AJ, who does a lot of behind the scenes work to keep the podcast running smoothly, but. Man, does he help Daniel get us off track during the actual show. Not the intro, the actual show. Now, Daniel, when we get to the scene where Josh is describing something, do you have your note cards on on which uh, whoopee cushion or which uh, mirror gag that you're going to use later to just throw him off balance? Oh, crap, wrong Discord. Oh, no. Uh, Hey, Josh, I finished editing things. Hey, don't mind the banana behind your chair. Boss. One banana. <laughs> Two banana? Two banana. <laughs> yeah, Daniel can't resist talking to another people's intros. This is wonderful. That's why I love you. Three banana. Four. Four banana. 
got enough to make a banana split. Hoo-ha. Let's uh, split on over to the intro of the recap. <laughs> you know it, Josh. On to you. No, we we ask everyone how they're doing first, AJ. Ba banana b a n a n a s. I want to ask people how they're doing, but I don't really. Everyone except Daniel. How are you doing today, Joel? How about you? How are you doing? I am doing fairly well, I suppose. Well, that's good. Yeah, it is. How about you, Nate? Don't ask Nate. Fine. <laughs> yeah, as efficient as always. <laughs> you know what? I think I got that out of the way now. I don't need to ask anybody else. I got my answers. Oh, thank goodness. Now, I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to be productive. And do you know how I can be productive tonight? By playing Dungeons and Dragons. Because mm. that's what we're here for. Because it's a Dungeons and Dragons show. All right, Josh, butter me up. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's what you're going with. <laughs> that's, no. that's the new one for this arc. Butter me up, eh? <laughs> Butter me up, baby. <laughs> you're happy I'm with this. Now. Hang on. Listen. Listen. Listen to me. No, I don't want to. Move on. <laughs> the giggles have started. It's it's too late. <laughs> Butter me up. I'm... <laughs> I'm churning for adventure. Oh, no. (laughs) Okay, I'm going to move us forward before we have to sit through any more of this. So before we get started, before we dive back into the episode, I'm going to take a quick moment to give us a recap, and then we'll jump back into the action. Last episode, we followed the adventures on their journey across the countryside. We saw false scares, wisps, and even a surprise visit from Lady Hecate. But nothing can hold the torch to the last thing we saw. We saw a massive winged creature circling through the air above the party before changing direction and hurtling down towards the group. So we're going to start off this episode with an initiative roll. So does Jasper warn everybody about it or do they have to see it for themselves? He'll be polite and tell people that they're all about to die. Just no explanation. Just turns to everybody and just, we're all about to die. And then I say, look at the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. It's not a cockatrice. As Jasper says this, what looks like a giant-sized cockatrice plows through the air right towards you. Oh, it's a mega evolution. (laughs) Just a single one of its wings is about the size of the cockatrice's full wingspan. So this thing has a wingspan of almost 40 feet. These massive bat-like wings supported with some extra flight feathers at the tips and massive curved claws. Its body is covered in thick black feathers that rustle in the air as it plows towards you. And as they do so, the air flips them around to reveal like an orange and yellow underside so this thing almost looks like a black billowing cloud of smoke and fire just an illusion from its feathers but terrifying nonetheless and instead of a stinger at the end of its tail it has a collection of large spikes that kind of coalesce into a club like shape so let's get this initiative roll underway. Okay, I got a 20. 12. I got a 5. I being Joel. That's me. <laughs> Joel's in the initiative. Yeah. 13. Theo uh, got a natural 1. Nice. <laughs> Guy who needs to be in front. In the back again. <laughs> Josh, question for you. Yeah. So you said that one of its wings is the size of one cockatrice. And it's fair to say the other wing is the size of a full cockatrice. And I would I would guess to say the body, you know, is at least like one to one and a half. Could could that mean that this this potential cockatrice is instead a a, a cockatrice? I'm gonna pretend you didn't say that. It's <laughs> a terrible name. What no! We that was like the name of five episodes. Yeah, it's, it's still a dumb joke. In fact, it's actually not even pronounced cockatrice. It's usually pronounced cockatrice. 
So your joke falls flat, AJ. Yeah, I tried. It's okay, AJ. Yeah, there goes AJ trying to derail me again. <laughs> well, we are in the episode now, so this is his time to shine. All right, so Gunner, it is your turn. You get to start. So you see this thing plummeting through the air. It almost pulls off an ambush against you, but since Jasper saw it, it's just swooping down. You've got time to do something before it gets to you. Okay. I'm looking at how much movement it costs to dismount. I think it's half your movement. Yes, it is. Although, I guess technically I could go unmounted, right? Yeah, since you're riding your horse, you can steer your horse and use its movement for your movement. Yeah, I think Gunner is going to do that. He's going to... He's gotten a little braver, or maybe a little more foolish. I don't know. Probably both. He is going to pull the reins on his horse, bring it around, and as he's doing that, he is going to pull out his short sword and use that to cast Mirror Image on himself, which I've already given the description before, but basically I have little mirror copies of myself that hopefully the enemy will hit on accident. And in addition, since Gunner's in action mode, as a bonus action, he is going to reflexively shift. I think since he's been doing a lot of practice and working out, he's probably done some combat practice. So his shift... I imagine happens even faster now. It's not quite instantaneous, but like the hair grows and the fangs sort of come forth almost instantly. Not quite. And he is going to charge. It is 60 feet in the air right now. Oh, okay. Well, then he is going to bring it around and at least get next to the cart. So he's going to bring the horse so that it's by the cart. So in his turn, Laszlo is going to start panicking and he's going to look up and Aegon just hears him say shit and he jumps out of the cart and just hides under the cart and he says get under the cart just get under the cart it's night for us it only wants a horse and yeah he's just going to hide under the cart Jasper I guess I'll do it the same I hide underneath the cart and uh Laszlo looks really 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 frightened he's like Shit, I didn't think we'd find this one this far out. And he's like peeking out as it, it swoops down. And Vez, it is your turn. How like out in the open and like exposed are we? You guys are only about 60, 70 feet from the tree line. Would it be safe to assume that it's probably going to be way harder for it to swoop since it's so big in the trees? Yes. How far can horses move? <laughs> They move. Ah, look at that. 60 feet. (laughs) And since Vez is kind of trotting in the back, she'll just spur her horse like full throttle into the tree line then to get out of sight of this creature. She doesn't want to lose her horse. They have bonded. They're friends. (laughs) Yeah. Now, I I do want to point out that when you're controlling a mount, something I forgot to do on my turn, you can have it take one of three actions. Dash, disengage, or dodge. So if you wanted to go further and have a dash, you can do that or have a dodge so that anything that tries to hit it has disadvantage. I think to get to the tree line, it'll probably have to dash, right? Since I'm in the back, Josh. Maybe. Yeah, this is a large, large open area. You guys have just left the forested area. That's what happened last episode. So you would have to turn around and just run back into the woods. Yep, that's what she's going to have her horse do that to try to get away from this thing without it being eaten or her getting eaten. (laughs) And she'll have her darts ready if it gets close enough, but yeah. (laughs) So now it's Fergus's turn and he's going to look at the empty seat next to him and he's going to look at Laszlo. He's going to look up at this thing coming down towards him and he's just going to jump out of the cart run past Aegon, and he's just going to go full sprint on foot towards the tree line. (laughs) So yeah, he just sprints because he doesn't have a horse, and it'll take way too long to turn the cart around. Plus, he doesn't have his cart license either, because he's only 14. Also, he would run Jasper and Laszlo over (laughs) if he tried to move the cart. (laughs) So Aegon, it is your turn. 
Okay, well, Aegon doesn't just want to let it take one of these horses or mules because they are also our companions. So Aegon is going to stand up on the seat and level his rod at the the creature, and he's going to launch a firebolt at it. Let's go. Uh, Which has a range of 120, so I think I can hit it, correct? Yeah, yeah, it's only 60 feet in the air. Alrighty. Uh, So that is a 14 to hit. A 14 will hit. How about that? (laughs) Uh, So we'll deal. Ooh, baby, look at that. That is 10 fire damage. Oh, nice. I'm sorry. It's 11 because of my Rod of the Pack Keeper. Oh, that's right. So yeah, even though its plumage gives it the visage of a meteor plummeting towards the ground, it is not resistant to fire damage. So yeah, your firebolt hits it and like there's a shower of sparks and cinders and it lets out a pain shriek much deeper and more terrifying than the cockatrice. More of a guttural shriek. A roar, almost. Uh, And as Aegon is casting his firebolt, a bit of the fire actually comes off of his bolt as it leaves his rod, and it starts swirling around him. And that is due to his Flames of Phlegretha's feet that I mentioned during our level up episode. Oh, nice. So now, if the creature attacks him, it will take 1d4 fire damage. Nice. Uh, And he'll stay standing on the cart. Okay. So now it is the creature's turn. Laszlo called it an Eitvaras, so I'm going to call that from now on. And it swoops down and heads straight for Theo. (laughs) And at the last minute, it does that thing that hawks do, where it throws its wings backwards and, like, launches its feet forward and just goes feet first right into Theo's horse. So it's going to fly all 60 feet down because it has a ridiculous fly speed. And that is going to be a 19 to hit your horse. Okay, I'm pretty sure that hits because the AC of a horse is 10. (laughs) Okay, so it has this charge ability where if it moves at least 20 feet towards a creature and then hits it with an attack it deals an extra 48 damage. That's four eight-sided dice. (laughs) So its claws come down. That's going to be 26 damage to your horse. That horse is down. HP is only 22. (laughs) All right, so there's just a boom, and it hits your horse with its claws, and the horse just topples and rolls, and the creature kind of jumps off of it and, like, runs across the ground like right above this horse before catching it with its massive beak and just rips out its throat. And Theo, you tumble to the ground and are knocked prone as this thing kills your horse right out from under you. Oh my gosh. As another mounted rule, if the mount is moved, I believe Theo can make a DC 10 dexterity saving throw to attempt to land on his feet. Ooh, okay. Good catch. Cool. It's good to have a dexterity saving throw. Bad that his is a plus zero, but it's good to give it a shot. Is it trying to carry it off, or did he... No, it killed the horse and knocked the horse to the ground. Oh, okay. Well, in that case, Theo, you can just use your reaction to land on your feet. Oh, you can just choose to do it? If your mount is knocked prone, you can use your reaction to dismount it as it falls and land on your feet. Otherwise, you are dismounted and fall prone in a space within five feet. Okay, I think he would take his reaction to try to land on his feet because he did see it coming, but he just was so aghast because he just wasn't understanding what was happening, not expecting an attack from the sky. So he'll just try to catch himself as best he can. Yep. Okay, so you land on your feet Varas spins on its feet and it tries to peck at you with its giant rooster-like beak. And that is going to be a nine to hit. That actually misses me for once. I know, that's crazy. So yeah, you duck back and this beak snaps in front of you. And yeah, like I said, it looks terrifying because it has these black feathers and they're fluttering in the wind 
and it looks like it's like doing the shimmy thing birds do. I, I don't remember what that term is, where they like shake all their, they shake their body and shake their feathers, and like it's revealing the colored underside. So it does look like a roiling, smoky ball of fire, and it lets out another victorious roar. And now it is Fio's turn. Oh, this gosh. thing is powering over you. Ah, oh, jeez, guys. Theo is just taken aback. He's getting flashbacks of many of the fires that he's been in before, watching the sort of underside resemble that kind of flame and smoke mixture. He He's not really sure what he should do, what he can do, etc., but he's going to try to get away from the body best he can of the horse anyways. And just out of reflex, he's just going to swing at it, trying to do damage to it, but he's still trying to get his bearings on what's going on in the fight. Okay. Okay, so that is a 23 to hit. He's using his regular axe that he has on him at at all times. Okay, that's going to hit. Oh, boy. Okay, so that is 14 damage right there. That's 11 on the die. It's a really good roll. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, you swing at it, and you cut a uh, deep cut in its upper thigh, but it jumps back and keeps you from sinking in too deeply, and it snaps at you and turns its attention in your direction. And then Theo will call out to Tuo for him to go back towards the horses. He'll, he'll look to him and say, Crivo! For him to hide and points towards the, the mules in the cart because he realizes this thing can basically eat Tuo in one bite. And that'll be his turn. Okay, well, Tuo is 10 feet away from the Iparas. Oh, no. But as he leaves its reach to flee... The thing shrieks and spins around and its club at the end of its tail swings in an arc as it makes an opportunity attack against your dog. Oh, God. Because it has it has reach with that tail. So that is going to be a 16. Yeah, that'll hit. His AC is only 12. Uh-uh. Luckily, he doesn't get extra damage on the tail attack, so don't Woo. worry. So that's going to be 20 bludgeoning damage. <laughs> Oh my god. I rolled really real I rolled really high on that. That okay. was a really high roll. He he's uh, he's still up. You're lucky that this thing, even though it looks like a cocktrice, you're lucky that it has a club instead of a stinger. Yeah, I'll say. He has uh, 9 HP left. That was like over two thirds of his health there. So he'll he'll uh, he'll just limp off uh, after that big hit and try to hide slash protect uh, his comrades near the cart. Okay. So Gunner, you have watched all of this go down. Is Gunner still as brave as he was a second ago? I mean, I think his mind is saying, no, 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 no. But his bestial side is already moving forward with unthinking, unfeeling, just attacking. So I think what Gunner does is he actually pulls out his second short sword and he is going to... So basically, he's going to dismount his horse and then run up to to this creature which right now he has like 55 feet of movement so even even with using half my movement for the dismount i'm sure that's more than enough to get there i like to imagine that flavor wise i like to imagine he leaps off of the horse and just kind of starts slashing at the creature just trying to catch whatever he can all right so he's gonna do his main hand attack that's going to be a 21 to hit 21 will hit. Okay, and ugh, minimum damage. It's going to be five piercing damage. Okay, so yeah, you're, you're cutting away some of its feathers, but you're having trouble getting through its skin. Yeah, but then he's going to, as a bonus action, he's going to come around with his other short sword, and that is going to be a 22 to hit. That will hit as well. So yeah, and then that is going to be seven piercing damage. All right, death by a thousand cuts. So yeah, you're just slashing at it, and it turns towards you and begins to peck at you and swing its wings at you. Yeah, and not that Gunner realizes it, but currently Gunner looks very menacing with his slashy slashes. All right. So Laszlo is going to curse again, and he's fine. I guess we're fighting, and he crawls from under the cart, and he uh, says, Aegon, pass me a crossbow. Of course, Laszlo, and Aegon will toss him a crossbow. And just in case anyone gets upset about breaking the rules, mechanically he's reaching in, but I thought it was funner to have Aegon pass to him. So he grabs the crossbow, loads a bolt in, 
and he aims at the Ivaras. And he gets a 14 to hit, which will hit. And he will deal... Ooh, that's a six on the die. Nice. That is, that is only eight damage. But yeah, just... Thunk, the bolt just sinks into its skin, but it doesn't go too far because of it, the scales mixed in with its feathers. So Jasper, it is your turn. Since we seem to be attacking it, I'll just cast Magic Missile. <laughs> From under the cart. He <laughs> <laughs> just goes... Yep. That's 11 damage. All right. So your creepy magical eyes just shoot across. They leave green streaks between you and the and the beast, and they just explode on impact. And it shrieks as you knock off a lot of its feathers and scales. So it is Vez's turn. Now, Vez, you did make the sensible decision to run, <laughs> but it looks like the rest of your party has decided to engage the creature. Which makes sense, because it literally took Theo's horse out from under him. Yeah. I think what she's going to do is basically, now that Gunner has leapt off his horse and he and Theo are distracting the creature on her horse, she's going to basically run to his horse, grab the horse, and run back into the forest so we don't lose another horse. Okay, so you're going to grab Gunner's horse so that he can free himself up. Yes. So there's not another juicy horse right behind him. <laughs> Removing Gunner's only means of escape should something go awry. I like it. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Sounds good. I see. Yeah, you, you run over, you grab the reins, you turn around, and Gunner's too busy fighting. But I think Theo looks past the Edvaros, and he sees Vez disappearing into the woods with Gunner's horse. She's trying to save the horses. I don't know. Gunner's a tough boy. He'll be okay. <laughs> Also, could Master the Cat, I don't know, either get under the car or on the horse and Vez take Master with her? <laughs> yeah, we, we can say, uh, since he doesn't have a turn in the combat, we can say he he ran and he jumped up onto your saddle as you ran by. He's a smart cat, even when Lady Hecate's not possessing him. Everybody wants to be a cat. Mm-hmm. That's, that's all yeah. I know. <laughs> but the Aristocats taught me. Yep. They, they know where it's at. <laughs> Everybody wants to be <laughs> All right, so it's Fergus's turn, and uh, he's going to keep sprinting into the woods, but then he's going to stop and like slowly turn and look, and he sees Theo and Gunner fighting the creature, and he sees Aegon and Jasper firing spells, and he's like, no, I'm a hero. <laughs> oh, no. I'm a hero! And he casts Firebolt at the Ivaras and gets a natural one. Oh, <laughs> of course. So he isn't even able to cast the spell right because he panics and the Firebolt fizzles out about 10 feet away from him. Oof. And he just freezes and starts to panic. So Aegon, it is your turn. Well, Aegon is still very focused on the Ivaras. He's going to actually climb forward onto the front seat of the cart now just to get a better vantage point, I guess. And uh, this time, he's going to actually cast a proper spell. He's going to launch a guiding bolt at it to try and give his allies some additional insight into openings. Oh, nice, nice. I will make my attack roll. And that is a 17. 17 will hit. Good stuff, good stuff. So since this is a second level spell now, or I'm casting it at second level as a warlock, it will deal 5d6 radiant damage, 14, 17, 23 radiant damage. I rolled very well. Ooh, juicy. Oh, wow, nice. So yeah, you just blast this thing, and the noise from your searing light just reaches a crescendo as the Ivaras also lets out a thundering roar of agony and rage. And the next attack roll against it will have advantage. And I also have one more thing. I was incorrect last turn, Josh. My Rod of the Pack Keeper does not give a plus one to damage. I was thinking of it as a regular magical weapon. So it has one more HP than it does now. Well, thank you very much. No, Joel... Take an inspiration for reminding me of a rule that was bad in your favor. 
But I cheated in the first place, Josh. I should get a negative inspiration that you can okay, use Joel. against me to give me disadvantage. I reward honesty. Oh, thank you. Well, in that case, will you give AJ a negative advantage? To... <laughs> what? <laughs> what? Hold on. Yes, I'll, do, I'll do that instead of I'll do that instead of giving no! you. Okay, thank you. That's what I what really did want. I do? What? No. <laughs> Sounds fair to me. All right, is that all, Joel? Uh, yes, that is my turn. All right, well, somebody who's not AJ is about to be able to use that advantage to attack because the Eidvaras is going to shriek and it is going to fly away from Gunner and Theo, and it's going to circle around to the other side of the cart. Um, it's going to fly the whole way. So Gunner and Theo do get to make an attack roll of opportunity against it if you have your reaction left and i was joking about you not getting advantage aj so you and daniel will have to decide who gets the advantage on the attack i'd give it i'll give it to aj okay cool well thank you i appreciate that well damn i i could have used it because <laughs> i got an eight <laughs> okay so yeah you miss it jumps into the air and the wind from it beating its massive wings knocks you back just enough for your blade to miss. He swung for it and he got a 16 to hit with his axe. That will hit. Awesome. Okay. That is nice. Another good roll. That is 13 damage. Oh, wow. That is a good hit. So it flies through the air and it lets out a shriek as your axe blade clips its tail and it lands near Laszlo 2 and Aegon and Jasper. And Gunner takes a second after he misses and he looks down and he sees his boot is on fire. Ah! Is what Gunner says. And he, he stomps it out promptly. Okay, so as you're stomping it out, you realize it is a burning, viscous fluid on your boot. And then oh. we jump back to the Eidvaras and Aegon and Jasper are looking at it and they can see this fluid dripping from its mouth that is igniting as it's contacting the air. And the Eidvaras lets out a shriek and it sprays a stream of napalm-like fluid out of its mouth across the cart, hitting Laszlo, Aegon, and Jasper. So you guys all need to give me dexterity saving throws. Does... Jasper, get a, a anything for being under the cart? I get disadvantage for being prone. Um, no, you, no, you, you do not. But uh, since you are under the cart, I actually don't think it hits you. Well, well I, I was going to ask, how how wide is the line? Because Aegon and Laszlo are technically on two different levels, right? Um, maybe. It could just be like an arc thing, so it just kind of goes towards both of them anyways. Well, because it's like, think of like how a flamethrower works. Like it does arc as it goes, well, it is a line. I'll say since it's not hitting Jasper, since Jasper's under the cart, I'm going to have it arc up and hit Laszlo on the ground and Aegon up in the cart. That's fine. Okay. I think that's fair. So Laszlo and Aegon both need to give me dexterity saving throws. Yeah, I got a 13. Okay. And uh, Laszlo got a 21. Oh, good job. He dodges, but it hits Aegon. And Aegon, you are going to take, lucky you, only five fire damage. Oh, and I'm resistant, so I take three. Yes, but this stuff sticks to you. So now you have this burning, gooey stuff on you that you will have to take an action to wipe off or you will take fire damage on your turn. Also... The entire area from where it sprayed the fire stays ignited. So that entire 60-foot line that's five feet wide, extending from the creature and across the cart, and including your spaces, is all on fire. Uh, that's no good. So the cart is on fire now, too. So, Theo, it is your turn. Okay, he's, he again... Just taking it back, he's never seen this kind of a creature before in terms of scale and just this new weapon of, of flame that he's seen. And so he's thinking, I just, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do something. 
And so he just books it towards the creature, trying to get around the uh, horse here. Josh, would you say the, the horse's body is difficult terrain? Yes, the horse is difficult terrain. Why do you got to keep beating a dead horse, AJ? No, because he's in the way of, of me getting to the to the big monster. It is difficult terrain for you to run through the horse, yes. Okay, so then he will try to go around it. Okay, and once he gets around the horse, he'll try to get as close as he can to the beast. Josh, am I within 15 feet of this monster? Would you say? No, not yet. Okay. I've got one more square left. Yeah. There we go. He'll park himself right in front of the mules on the other side, trying to be with the new giganto cockatrice. The Eidvaris. I remembered the name. Don't worry. I got you, Josh. (laughs) And we'll actually go and say... How about some fire of my own? And he'll cast uh, Burning Hands, and he'll sort of swing his axe with his hands touching to produce 15-foot cone to try and take on this fiery demon. I like it. Okay. So it has to make a dex save. That is an 11. I think that misses. Give me a second. Yes, my spell save is 13. So you're fighting fire with fire. Yeah. You're okay, a so fire yeah, he, fighter. He's a <laughs> firefighter. Gosh dang it. <laughs> yeah. All right, so give me that damage. Oh, geez, that's another good roll. Uh, that's 10 for total on the die, and I think that's it. Yes. Yeah, yeah just, just what you rolled. Yeah, so that's 10 damage to this creature. All right, so yeah, you spray it with flames, and it lets out another deep bellow and actually begins to back away from you guys. And you can see it looks like it's trying to position itself to circle around you and go after the dead horse behind you. Awesome. And then Theo will look to Tuo again to try to get him to to run away again because he's already limping pretty bad because he took a really good hit. And he'll tell him to basically Crevo again to get out of there and he'll point to the other side of the horses. Yeah, he'll, he'll disengage and run away. Yeah, so it tries to kind of swing. Just This is all flavor-wise because it's not attacking. But like Tuo does a cool dog roll away from the tail and then just darts off. Cool, so that's our turn. Okay. Gunner, it is your turn again. Okay. In a split second, Gunner's thinking, if it's going to go after the horse, he knows he's way too small to actually stop it from grabbing the horse. And it's the dead horse, too, so the horse is actually useless to you now. Yeah. In his mind, the only... he He's trying to think of a clever plan, but as per usual, his extremely polarizing f- fight-or-flight instincts are pretty much forcing him to move forward. So he's going to take the attack action, and Gunner being the fast boy that he is... He will use 45 of his 55 movement speed to just, like, Sonic the Hedgehog around the mules and Theo all the way over to the thing and just start slashing like a crazy little thing. I don't even know. I don't even know what you call a thing like Gunner, but I know what most people say when they see Gunner. Ow. Ew. Oh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ew. So that is a, that's a dirty 20 to hit. Uh, That will hit. Okay. That's going to be five piercing damage. And he's going to come around with his bonus action. And that is going to be another dirty 20 to hit. That'll hit as well. Okay. And you gotta stop rubbing cheese all over your dice. They wouldn't be so dirty. Yeah, well, what can I say? I think this time he is going to attempt a mobile flourish which is one of his blade flourishes from the College of Swords so he is going to roll a d6 which will act as both additional damage and also do something cool potentially. Okay so that's going to be 11 damage and I guess this is something else to talk about I don't know how how you want to reconcile this so I push the target five feet away from me plus a number of feet equal to the number I rolled on my die which is four 
So I don't know if you want to take that nine feet and round it up to ten. I'll round it up to ten. What direction do you want to push it? I want to push it northeast of me, away from the horse. Okay. And then, as my reaction, I can then move up next to it. Okay. So, yeah, 11 damage. I imagine Gunner, like, does, like, one slash, and then he brings around both short swords and kind of, like, does, like, a front flip and just smacks it, smacks its, its thigh really hard, actually pushing it back that 10 feet. And then as soon as he gets to the ground, he just sprints towards the target, readying for another attack. All right. So it looked like it was going to try to grab the horse and fly away, but now Gunner has kept it around for longer. And yeah. you have its full attention. Yay, Gunner. <laughs> Woo, tiny flags. All right, so it's Laszlo's turn. At the beginning of his turn, since he is standing in the fire, he is going to take 2d6 fire damage, so 7 fire damage, and he's going to like jump, jump away from it, and he's like, oh my god! And he like looks around and he's like shit and he, he uh, starts trying to put out the the fire on Aegon so he is actually going to use his action to jump into the cart like take off his outer coat and like start smearing the burning fluid off of you as his action oh, thank you Laszlo that was a little warm <laughs> so now it is Jasper's turn the wagon above you is burning and the ground in front of you is also burning but you are not burning, so what are you going to do? I'll roll a little bit to the right and just cast Magic Missile again. <laughs> Jasper's under there like, kablam! Kapow! Yeah, he's just rolling around under the wagon just doing finger guns. Pow, pow, pow! Pretty much 12 damage. It's like a sentry gun on the underside of a carriage. <laughs> so your bolts blast into the Idvaras. And it is a mess now. It is bleeding. You have knocked off some of its feathers. It's not doing its fluttering thing anymore. And the, the ground is just dripping with blood. Vez, what are you going to do? Okay, so now that Fergus is also out here, she's going to look at him and she's going to say, you stay back here and shoot your fire magic at it because you can do that from a distance and watch the horses. And she's going to dismount, so using half her movement and then go towards this creature, so moving north, and then she is going to then throw her dart at it and see if she can hit it, because we're just going to try and see what we can do at this point. So that's as close as she can get. That is a 17. That will hit. Ooh, max damage. Seven damage. All right, so you throw the dart and you take out one of its eyes. <laughs> nice. And Holy it begins crap. to shriek and like claw at its face, uh, backs away and just kind of kicks up dirt and clods of grass as it just goes ham. Gunner's ducking and dodging as its clubbed tail swings the air above him. Now will be the end of her turn. All right. Fergus is going to go and he's going to cast a firebolt. And he's like... Let this hit. Please let me help. Please let me actually do something. And he fires it. And that is going to be a 15 to hit. Oh, man. Does it hit? Yeah, 15 to hit. That hits. Yeah. So it streaks through the air and deals three damage. Yeah. Yeah. We'll take it. So, <laughs> yeah. So there's a burst of fire as it explodes against the Idvaras' hide. But that's very small compared to the injury it just sustained. So it is not reacting to that. Aegon. All right, well. You were standing in the fire. Yes. Now, if you were on fire, you would have taken both instances. Yes. That would have been 11 fire damage, and it goes down to five because you're resistant. All right. First things first, Aegon wants out of that fire, so he's going to kind of leap off of the cart in the direction of Theo and behind the horses, maybe like putting his hand on the horse's hindquarters for a bit of support. And, uh... He kind of just wants to get this over with. So he's going to wind up another guiding bolt and let it rip at the Eidvaras. Uh And that is a, uh, a natural 20 to hit. Oh, man. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. So that's another 5d6. 
Holy crap. That's insane. You're going to blow the face off of this thing. 17 and 18. So 18 radiant damage. All right. So you just sear its body with this light that just illuminates. This clearing's already lit by the sun, but like the entire area just turns white from the spell. And the Idvaras lets out a croaking shriek this time. Not very menacing, almost more pathetic than anything. Is that all for you? Yes, it is all. All right. So it is just going to run. Much like its smaller cousin, it is just going to flap its wings and start flying straight into the air. So Gunner, you can make an attack of opportunity against it. I I already used my reaction. Oh, okay. Sadly. It is just going to fly 160 feet into the air and it's going to begin to retreat. So combat's basically over unless somebody has something with a range of 180 feet. I have a... Let's see. I have a short bow, so I can attack with disadvantage, which I will. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) You also have advantage, right, from the other thing? That's right. So they would cancel out. Yeah, so you can just aim and take one last shot before it disappears. Yeah, I don't have anything that reaches that far. Okay. All right, and that's going to be a 23 to hit. 23 will hit. I also realized Laszlo can attack with his light crossbow as well, so after we're done with this, he'll make an attack. I also have a light crossbow. <laughs> Actually. <laughs> Just taking pot shots as this thing runs away. <laughs> Might as well. I mean, yeah, I think until it gets out of his range, Gunner's going to keep shooting, and that's going to be nine piercing damage. Okay. Laszlo's going to take aim with his light crossbow with disadvantage, and that is only going to be a nine to hit, so he misses. Aegon? Yeah, Aegon will take a shot. He just wants to make sure it doesn't come back. Yeah, you guys have learned what happens when a creature <laughs> flees time and time yeah. again. So he will also fire with disadvantage. Uh, so that's, I got two 11s and I have a plus one. So, or no, I'm sorry, I have a plus three. Uh, so that's 14 to hit. That will hit. Yes! Ooh. Oh, come wow. On, uh, D8. Yeah, I, I got three damage. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. Josh is in the dump. All right, no, it's not. It's going to keep flying away. It's going to dash another 160 feet, so it's 320 feet away from you guys. I could technically still shoot it with so disadvantage. Can, so can Laszlo. I know this is kind of weird, but I figured it'd be faster if we just skipped the initiative and just That's got fair. to the totally hot fair. shots. So... Janelle, are you proficient or is Vez proficient in anything that can do stuff like that? Or do you have one? Uh, unless I run and get one from the cart, but I don't know how many Check a dart at it. seem to have in there. Well, no, Laszlo had his own. If yeah. you do not have one in your inventory, then you don't have access to one. Yeah, I was going to say my distance was darts and those are not. Yeah. So we'll just go to Gunner. All right. Come on. Janelle, you have to come over here and verify Uh-oh. that this okay. actually happened. <laughs> Double natural 20. <laughs> I already did that on the show. You can't do that, Daniel. It's illegal. Yeah, it's two natural 20s. Oof. No way. Oh, my God. I can hear AJ screaming, and I don't even have to have my headphones on. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> and to add more juice... I'm going to add a blade flourish in there. <laughs> Can you do that with your with a range attack like that? Uh, uh, if, if it's a weapon. Oh, wow. Okay. Yep. Basically a crappier smite. I like to, I like to think Gunner just like tapes a dagger to the end of the arrow <laughs> and just makes it bigger. Well, okay. Yeah. Blade flourish is the name of it, but I can do it with basically any weapon. No, I'm just being funny. Come on, oh, okay, make, okay. Just make your damage roll. Okay. So then that's going to be... Okay, that was pretty good. Now I wanna make sure that this doesn't add any other juice. That was really good actually. Yeah, cause on, on the dice alone, wait. You're killing me, Daniel. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel, just tell us. 
That's going to be 22 oh. points of damage. Oh my god! <laughs> Your arrow flies through the air, and the creature lets out one last roar before tumbling to the ground and crashing and rolling down a hill. I imagine right before a gunner makes the shot, it's it's like his bestial instincts kicking in, and he takes like one long breath, and he's like... <sighs> and then releases and, like, gets it right through the neck. And it crashes to the ground, and Laszlo just slumps against the cart before realizing it's on fire, and he begins to freak out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, Daniel! And Gunnar picks up his short swords. (laughs) Yeah! I I say, I had to have Janelle walk over here, because otherwise it seemed like such a... Oh, of course he got a crit on the very last attack. Of course. Oh, my God. Way to go, Gunner. Holy crap. That was so cool. Good shot, Gunner. That's what we call him. That's his new nickname, man. (laughs) (laughs) We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, share it and our other episodes with your friends, family, and co-workers. Your boss, if you're daring. Visit our website to find your copy of a D&D Quick Starter Guide and feel free to join our growing community on the various social media platforms in the description. There, we discuss episodes, Dungeons & Dragons, and STEM topics that we all love. Thanks again for listening. We can't wait to see you here at Applied Dungeoneering. Some of the background music in this episode is from Monument Studios. Check out their other music at monumentstudios.net.